This is Six Cold Feet, Season 2, Episode 1, to bring you my love. This episode contains adult themes and language. Just remember me, baby, when I'm in six feet of cold, cold ground. Hey, this is Mike from Sydney. Um, I don't know if this is going to get to Juliet, but if you could get it to her, that'd be great. I just want to say that you're really missed. And back in the 90s when I was at uni, you were such an inspiration to me and my friends. And I think we really need somebody like you back in the music community now. There's nobody that actually says anything like you used to say. It. You, we all used to believe in you so much. So I just hope you're doing okay and that um, you can release some new music soon because I just think in today's political climate, with all the stuff that's going on, you really, really need it. All my life I've been trying to create Something beautiful, something simple And full of joy messages in a row was when you found out your sister was pregnant. So I'm guessing this is big news? Big doesn't cover it. This is mountainous, monstrous, colossal. Juliet Knives agreed to let me write a book about her. Fuck me sideways. For real? For real. Oh, that's great. What? Nothing. I'm just tired. Tired of lying about avoiding what you really want to say? Look, I know it's silly, but you played in a Juliet Knives tribute band. You had a poster on your wall. You have a fucking Juliet Knives tattoo. I'm allowed to be a little jealous, right? I don't see any Karen tattoos. I was 19. You have to get a bad tattoo at 19. It's basically the law. Do you want me to get a Karen tattoo? I could get a picture of your face right here. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be weird. I'm excited for you. But once you start, you'll be living and breathing this 18 hours a day and I'll hardly see you. And, and just... you'll have to actually fold some laundry and cook once in a while? Yeah, okay. I haven't been pulling my weight domestically speaking. Fuck. If you're going to be earning again, maybe we should hire a cleaner. You know... I'm really not sure I can get used to this blinking light of your recorder being constantly on. It's part of my process. I have to record everything. Everything is research. I wish greeting me at the door with a martini every day was part of your process. Do you think she'll talk to you about the arena gig? I hope so. It's the cornerstone of her story. It's her Woodstock 99, her ultimate, her Limp Biscuit at Big Day Out 2001. It's the tragedy that gives her story depth. Didn't you tell me the last time a journalist asked her about it, she broke their nose with a drinks tray? Yes. 
But I'm going to get to know her, spend time with her. I won't be some lecherous, opportunistic jerk with a dictaphone writing a magazine article. <laughs> no, you'll be a lecherous, opportunistic jerk with a Zoom recorder writing a book. Totally different. Exactly. <laughs> she... Oh, this is Ryan. Hang on. Hi. Yeah, she just got home. Okay, one second. I'm going to put him in speakerphone. Athena... I cannot believe you pulled this off. You owe your 19-year-old self a weekend at a winery or something. When she read that letter, sweet, rosy-cheeked baby Jesus, she was in. Karen, I hope you know your wife is a goddamn fucking genius. I sure do. What letter? Oh, I forgot to tell you. When I emailed Juliet about doing the book, I told her that I'd sent her a bunch of fan letters when I was 19. She found them in a box somewhere. Apparently, she keeps all her fan mail. And she saw that I was legit. Fan mail? More like erotica. You have to include those letters in the book. Not in a million years. Aside from the fact that I don't want the world to know my... bedtime thoughts, I was a terrible writer back then. So many tired cliches and similes. Everything was stars and moons and suns. Erotica. You sent her group email? It was a long time ago. But you... forgot to tell me about this? Maybe I should call back. No, it's fine. You said you had an update for me? Yes, a couple of things. First of all, she has a couple of boxes of archival tapes that she wants to send your way. Demo recordings, old interviews, copies of the tapes from the recordings Martin Pascoe did for his shitty biography of her. That man has all the writing talent of a ninth grader with a Valium addiction, but his research is meticulous. Great. Yes, it should be useful. Just don't get lost in it. I don't want a 900-page exegesis on her use of the Gibson Telecaster. Fender Telecaster. Whatever. Exactly the kind of detail I don't care about. In any case, I wanted to give you the heads up. She can be erratic. Case in point, she wants to move your first meeting forward. That's no problem. I can... To... tomorrow. Seriously? I have so much prep to do. I want to make sure the first meeting... She was insistent. Even a little belligerent, if I'm being honest. Okay, it's fine. I'll make it work. Don't I know it? Okay, call me afterwards, let me know how it goes. Congratulations! Karen, make sure you spoil her. Will do. So, on a scale of those poems you wrote me when we first started dating to... That porno we watched last week. Exactly how erotic were these fan letters? Um... I'll rephrase that. Did you use any or all of the phrases summits of desire, transcendental sensuality or elevatory ecstasy? Not all of them. Fine. In that case, congratulations. I'm really excited for you and just a tiny bit jealous. Is that okay? Yes. Wow. This is something else. Juliet? Sorry, he doesn't always speak to strangers. Are you wearing perfume? 
shit. Sorry. I should have told you not to do that. He gets his allergy. Dylan, can you take the dog for a walk, babe? The interview is here. The one that wrote you those pornographic letters? Hi, I'm Dylan. Hi, Dylan. I'm very embarrassed by those letters. I was 19, if that's any excuse. <laughs> Listen, if YouTube had been around when I was 19, I'd be the star of at least a dozen viral videos titled Drunk Something Does Something Stupid at Something Ceremony. You said you wanted to interview me at some point too? Yes, if that's all right. Sure. We'll talk later. I'll get this tiny terror out of your way and go grab some coffees. Jay, you want the usual? Yeah, thanks, doll. Athena? Oh, no, you don't have to get Relax. Me. It's a coffee, not a Corvette. I've got this mild superpower where I can guess people's coffee. Watch this. You are a lactose-free latte. Am I right? How did you check with your publisher? You can take out your recorder thingy whenever you want. Oh, sorry, I should have mentioned. I'm going to set up my Zoom mic as backup, but I always have my phone recording. It's a journalistic process thing. Is that what you tell your therapist? <laughs> Here, have a seat. Oh, where should I... Oh, sorry. Let me move this out of the way. You have a lot of books. And a lot of... everything. Yeah, I know. I guess after years and years of touring and living out of a suitcase, when I finally bought this place and settled down, I started overcompensating. When you move out here to the mountains, you start to lose a sense of what's quote-unquote normal. There's this guy, about ten minutes down the road, who lives in a two-story shed. Not a house, a shed. Surrounded by a clusterfuck of car parts and broken fridges and ancient washing machines. So compared to him, I'm basically a minimalist. <laughs> I get so fascinated by the stories that objects have to tell. Like... This guitar, right? I bought this thing from a pawnbroker in Byron Bay. It called out to me. See the engraved plaque on the back there? To my darling Jonathan, on your 21st birthday, 21st November 1996. I bought it in 97, so what happened? Did Jonathan sell it for drug money or give up on music or die? That instrument carries the story of every song he played on it. Shitty love songs, heartfelt breakup songs, crappy covers of Wonderwall. Those vibrations are embedded in the wood of that guitar. I got a whole armada of instruments these days, gathering dust mostly, but I think this one will always be my favorite. You play, right? A bit. Well, let's see what you got. Just don't play one of my songs. Oh, no, I couldn't. Sweetheart, if you want me to trust you, you're going to have to give a little to get a little, you follow me? You're here because you're a fan and a musician yourself. So I'm hoping you get it, whatever it turns out to be. We're going to need to get along if we want this thing to turn out right. I don't want another shitty, unauthorized biography on our hands. You hear about the fiasco with the last one? The Many Lives of Juliet Knives by Martin Pasco? Yeah, I read it. It was atrocious. Right? So I want to tell the story right this time. Come on, play me a little something. 
Here, I'll kick you off. I really... <laughs> Sweetheart, you get to strumming or you'll walk on out of here. Your call. Okay. Uh, let's see. a little fire in your belly after all. So, are you gonna show me? Show you what? <laughs> the tattoo. Oh, God. It's really embarrassing, and it's uh, not in a very easily observable place. That a yes or no? Ah, uh, okay. I'll just have to take off my jacket. One second. It's a bit larger than the real deal, but other than that, it's it's a pretty good likeness. All right. I appreciate you being real with me. There's a few things I need to get off my chest once the time is right. I've never been too comfortable with priests for a variety of reasons, not least of all because of what happened to Dylan. Did something... That's not my story to tell, but believe me, I've got enough secrets to fill a couple of thousand pages and then some. If you're ready for that. <laughs> I don't think Ryan will let me go a comma over 70,000 words, but I can be concise. You gonna be okay getting into the heavy shit? I want this to be real. Warts and all, not some puff piece. Absolutely. All right. I'm gonna duck to the bathroom. Back in a tick. I can't fucking believe I just jammed out with Juliet knife! What the hell? Found something interesting already, hey, sweetheart. Ah, oh, this is a good one. Mm. James Tiptree Jr., what a woman. What a mind. A woman named James? Oh, uh, James Tiptree Jr. wasn't a... Well, she was... People have more layers than skin, right? Like a cake or onion. And sometimes the story behind the artist is more interesting than the writer themselves. Ugh, but let me get that. Juliet. Please don't be so formal. Just call me Juliet. I did? Are you alright? Yeah. I'm peaches and cream, my little sunbeam. Alright. Hit me with them cues. I got your A's right here. Great. I'd love to hear about your childhood years. Cause I got questions for you. You got any secrets, Athena? Any deep, dark secrets behind those pretty brown eyes of yours, hmm? You ever hurt somebody? What's the worst you've ever done? What's the big black mark on the ledger of your karma? I'm not sure I should- Listen, sweetheart, I'm not gonna write a whole book about it like you. But I want to make sure this is a two-way street, you know? 
You're making me uncomfortable. You're making me feel like maybe you're the wrong person for the job. You can't take the heat. Get the fuck out of my house. Okay. I'll tell you what. You sign the publication agreement and I'll confess something. Something I've never told anyone. Not even my wife. Oh, sounds juicy. Done. Now, spill. Okay. In high school, there was this scholarship program for aspiring journalists. It covered tuition, rent, bills, everything. My family wasn't rich, but we weren't broke either. I would have scraped by, racked up a student loan, worked a part-time job, like pretty much everyone else. I would have made it work, but the scholarship would have made things a lot easier. I was second in my class. The top kid, Ravi, was from India. His parents moved to Australia a few years beforehand, so he wasn't eligible for hex or welfare or anything. If he got the scholarship, he would have been fine. Without it, he'd basically have to work full-time and study full-time simultaneously. I started pounding Dexies to stay up all night, barely saw my friends, but he worked harder. He was smarter, he was just... better. I sense a dark turn coming. The day before the English exam, I sat with him at lunch. I said I hoped he got the scholarship, he'd worked for it, he deserved it, he needed it more than me. He was so nice. Unfathomably gracious. He said he knew no matter what happened, I'd go on to be an incredible journalist. Maybe we'd even end up at the same paper one day. When he wasn't looking, I poured laxatives into his coke. Ravi's parents were old school Indian. They wouldn't let him take a sick day for anything less than an Ebola infection. He turned up to school the next day, sweating, pale, clutching his stomach, obviously hadn't eaten since I'd seen him. He was exhausted, dehydrated. His sweat poured onto the exam paper. And, you know, in spite of everything, he still pulled a B+. But he fell a couple of points behind me. Here I was thinking you're a shrinking violet when it turns out you're more of a Lady Macbeth. I'm not proud of it. Sweetheart, proud or not, you're the one sitting here writing the book and he's... I looked him up on Facebook a little while back. He runs a political blog. It's good. Really good. He's funny and sharp and incisive. But... But he didn't get the scholarship. Ended up working at his parents' restaurant 60 hours a week, fell behind in his classes. Dropped out in the end. He runs the restaurant now. It's up the road from my house. I order there constantly, at least a couple of times a week. Every time I hear him answer the phone, I think about confessing, but then I just put in an order under my wife's name and... Hang up. You got a real mean streak, huh? I really don't, but I actually feel a little better after getting that off my chest. Please, promise me you won't tell anyone. I do, sweetheart. I might be a sucker for a good story, but I respect a person's right to privacy. Not something easy to manage in the digital era, huh? And <sighs> Listen, the serpents may not sing your song, but that does not mean your course was wrong, you know? I'm afraid I don't follow. <laughs> oh, is it not a glorious day to be alive? Look at that sky. So blue it makes you want to forget gravity and soar off into the stars. Halfway between the moon and Mars, 
Right, sweetheart. I guess? This thing you did, robbing this guy of his future. I'm not sure I'd say I robbed. (laughs) You think it's possible to atone for something like that? I'd like to think so. The things I've done, there ain't no atoning for. I played this gig a while ago at this women's prison. Just me, an acoustic guitar and a bunch of stone-cold bitches. Thieves, murderers, gun-runners, thugs. I look out at them and I said, The things I've done would make you pansy-ass bitches weep into your toilet wine. They fucking loved it. One of my all-time favourite gigs. When was this? I never heard about you doing a prison gig. Yeah, this was a couple of years back. Kept it on the QT, cutie. Good thing about prison gigs is that there's no fucking camera phones. <laughs> oh God, can you do me a favour? Sure. Can you turn off that fucking flickering light? What flickering light? The green one. There's no green light in here. Righto, never mind. Juliet, I don't mean to be rude, but are you high right now? Only on the sweet juice of life, my darling. Uh, I have to be honest and say I don't believe you. Honesty is important. Isn't that right, Drew? Wait, who's... Coffee's here. I've got... Jesus, Juliet, are you kidding me? It's ten in the morning. Oh, oh, Dylan's angry. You promised me you were going to cut back. And you told me you're going to stop spending so much money on time machines and dirigibles. <laughs> you're not making sense. Athena, perhaps you could come back tomorrow. Sure, that's no problem. Mama needs a nap. I think that's a good idea. Athena, I'm really sorry. Here, take this coffee with you. I'll have a word to her. The box of recordings is there by the door, and please don't tell anyone about this. I don't want a whole media circus thing about how she's an addict. It's really just an occasional indulgence. It's completely fine. My understanding was that this was a simple meet and greet in any case. We can start the formal work tomorrow. I appreciate that. We'll see you then. I'll see you out. I think maybe you should- Quit telling me what to do! Sweetie, it's been an absolute thrill. I apologise for the inconsequence. You mean inconvenience? Oh no, it's, it's no trouble at all. One thing before you go. If you ask me about the arena gig back in 97, and I want to be, you know, very clear about this, if you ask me about that gig, I'll fucking end you. Is that totally, uh, understood? Yes. Lovely. Well, it's been an absolute, you know, whoo! <sighs> Don't you think... Yeah, it has. <laughs> Good. Bye-bye. What the fuck have I got myself into?
This episode was brought to you by our new sponsors for season two, Odyssey Books. I'm very excited to have them on board. They're an excellent publisher. They published a couple of my last books, Seven the Great Ruckus, my poetry collection, Stenthal Syndrome. They publish poetry and sci-fi and fantasy and books for adults and books for kids and everything that they do is really excellent. We only sign up sponsors we actually care about on this show. I don't want any like gambling up in here. I get ads for gambling all the time like, oh, can we give you money to make people addicted and ruin society? And I'm like, no, get out of my face, get off of my website. So we're excited to have them on board. In particular, I want to talk to you today about a brand new sci-fi novel from Odyssey Books that is out right now as you listen to this. It's going into your ears. The book's out in the world. You can go get it this instant. The Last Qumranian by Joe Basil. Check this out. Time travel has been used to stop the birth of Christ, altering the timeline of human history. Now, as someone who spent a lot of my youth very bored in Sunday school, that's a good start. But then it goes crazy. Listen to this. Lucas is the last Qumranian, an ancient sect sworn to protect the prophecies that bind the worlds together. When they develop a powerful technology that can control time, the discovery attracts unwanted attention. A militant force, the unclean, attacks the hidden Qumranian compound under what once was the Dead Sea, and Lucas barely escapes. He finds himself a prisoner in an alternate timeline. Alone in a foreign landscape ravaged by wars, Lucas must not only struggle to stay alive, but locate the only thing that can prevent the unclean and the powers that control them from destroying the world. So it's very high stakes. Sounds very exciting. This is The Last Qumranian by Joe Basil. Available right now. Get it wherever you get your books, tomes, or grimoires. Brought to you by our sponsor, Odyssey Books. This episode of Six Cold Feet, the very first of season two, was written by... Um, just let me check my notes here. Sure, I had it. Someone, um, hang on. Beryl, who wrote this episode? You did, you fucking dickhead. Sorry, Beryl, no need to be rude. She's correct. It was written by me, J.M. Dinellon. And I also sometimes write under the pen name Henry David Thoreau when I've been spending too much time at Ponds. Sound design, directing, production, and pretty much everything else was shared between myself and Jessica McGore. The cast featured Jessica McGore again, Kate Logan, Damien Campagnolo, Tom Yaxley, and Melanie Zanetti. Quick note that Mel is currently featuring in the wonderful kids program, Bluey, which is about to go worldwide on the Disney Channel, so everyone in America and everywhere else can see it. It's an amazing show. It's set right here in Brisbane as well. Even if you don't have kids, go and check it out. Fantastic show. Highly recommend it. Big special thank you to Warren Bingham, aka Mike, for doing the little testimonial for Juliet Knives. We are looking for more people to send those in. We're going to incorporate those as part of the show. So if you want to send something similar, you can send that through to deaderickproductions at gmail.com. That's Eric with a C. And we'd love to stitch it in as part of the show. We really want to have the audience involved in this season. Also, if you want to send us music to play, uh, as part of the background music, as part of the between scenes, we'd love to have that as well. So you're going to send that through to that same email address. We'd love to do that. We'll give your band a plug at the end. And if you send a testimonial, we'll give a plug to a charity or your band or your book, or whatever else you got going on. We'd love to do that for you. Music in this episode was by the wonderful Kate Logan and her band Cherry Dove. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors on Patreon. If you're not a sponsor on Patreon, please get on there. This show is real expensive to make and it takes a long time to edit. Uh, we got recording, we got to pay for, we got hosting, all that kind of stuff. Big shout out to Anna Cook, Kathleen and the excellent podcast Girl in Space who all help out this show that extra little bit and all other wonderful sponsors on Patreon. Very important dates coming up on October 3rd. I'm going to be speaking at the ABC's OzPod podcasting conference 
in Melbourne. So if you're around, definitely get tickets. It'll definitely sell out. But come along, there's going to be some amazing people there. There's going to be Dan Blank from Carrier, Laurie Clark from Fitzroy Diaries, and a bunch of other great people. That's going to be really fun. And then October 10, here in Brisbane, we're going to have a massive launch party at the Bearded Lady. We're really, really excited about this. Juliet Knives is going to be playing live in the flesh. We're bringing her into the corporeal world. She's going to play. I'm going to do a spoken word set. We're going to have some rock and roll bands there. It's going to be a really wild, fun night. And we are going to record part of that evening, and it'll become part of a future episode. So if you get there, yell really loud, you will become part of the show. And we really want to see that happen. We want our audience to become part of the show. That's going to be a really fun event. Please get along to that October 10th at The Bearded Lady. All right, we will be back in two weeks with the next episode. We will talk to you then. Goodbye.